Sterling's got from the east to the west. Make you laugh your lungs out of your chest. Rolling up, cause it's time to go. And take another hit of this episode. <laughs> This is another episode of the Comedy Reject Podcast brought to you by TaylorMadeRadio.ca and produced by Matt Olix. Let's begin the show. Wow, 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 wow. As I sit here right now, one in our spliffers, there's so much that I have to say. So much has gone down. Like, where do I even begin? First off, I want to begin by saying thank you uh, for coming back uh, to the Comedy Reject podcast. Yo, man, the consistency's been off this month, but let me be, let me just break it down, man. First off, um, right now as I'm recording, it is uh, uh, a good day because uh, today was the album release uh, date. Today is November 1st as I'm recording this Um and uh, my album dropped today, and I got to say, man, if you are listening to this now and you haven't already given a shot at it, please go ahead and download my brand new album. It's called Corporate Clean. You can get it on all platforms. Um, you got to write Sterling V. Scott. You can't just write Sterling Scott. It turns out that um, I got to see how I can fix that, but I typically write my name as Sterling V. Scott. Uh, and other people write it as just Sterling Scott. There's nothing wrong with that. I didn't ever think there was going to be. But unfortunately, um, Spotify and all streaming platforms viewed Sterling V. Scott and Sterling Scott as two separate artists. So um, if you just type in Sterling Scott, it will not pop up. So make sure you type in Sterling V. Scott Corporate Clean. Uh, the new album uh, was pro uh, produced, was sound engineered by none other then the man, the myth, the legend, uh, Matt Olix, who is the producer of this podcast. And Matt, if you're listening, wow. Just wow. I want, I really like, obviously I want you to listen to the album because it's funny, but I want you guys to just listen to any comedy album and then listen to mine and just look at the difference in the quality. Uh, the quality is insane. It's just it's 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 the best album I've ever recorded. I'm saying that right now, and it's crazy because this is my corporate clean hour. This isn't even you know me going balls to the wall and saying all the damn shit I want to say. It was just straight up my corporate clean hour, and um, it sounds amazing. It's funny. Every track stands on its own. You could listen to any track. You could put the thing on shuffle. You could literally put the album on shuffle, and any joke that pops up is going to work. And uh, I'm super excited. And um, as I'm talking to you guys right now, I am submitting it for a Juno uh, for Best Comedy Album of the Year. And uh, I'm not going to lie, man. I feel like I have a shot. Uh, I, feel, I feel really confident that this is, this is definitely the best album I've ever done. And um, I feel really confident that it, it it can win, not just the nomination. I think I can win this year. And uh, we'll see. You know what I'm saying? I'm submitted for a Juno now. And uh, uh, I've also, I don't know if I told you guys. You see, it's been so long. I can't remember everything. But, like, I don't know if you guys know this, but it's official. It's done. Uh, I've really opened my own record label called Sterling Records Incorporated. And I released my first comedy album, Corporate Clean, through my own record label. Uh, 
I feel amazing, man. I feel amazing. I like this is crazy. All the stuff that has been happening during COVID. First off, this podcast uh, is developed during COVID because I needed to find, you know, another way to reach out and connect to my people. My dedicated forty. I love you guys. I know you guys are still rocking with me. And I see a lot of you guys tweeting it and, and putting it in Facebook messages. I love you guys for that, man. Trust me. Every time I come on this show, I know my dedicated 40 who fuck with me. We riding. You know what I'm saying? If, in fact, I'm going I'm to light a spliff right now in honor of my dedicated 40. This is for you guys. Look, look, look. I'm going to bond this spliff. And as I bond it, no say, I love you guys. But yeah, Sterling Records Incorporated is now a thing, man. Um, I just was like, I wanted to change the game up, man. Because I realized that being a Canadian comic, that nobody's going to give you anything in this world in terms of moving us forward and giving us a platform in order for us to succeed. And so I decided to build my own platform and take it. You know what I'm saying? I am I am just gonna take the success that I deserve. I'm not gonna sit back on my heels and and and, and beg for the scraps from the table. I'm gonna build my own fucking table. And that's what I'm doing. Opening my own record label. You see, what you guys didn't know is that record labels will take from fifty to hundred percent, you know what I'm saying, of your masters. You know you guys always heard Prince say, Own your masters. He wasn't talking about you know, black people trying to own back the slaves, <laughs> the slave masters. They're talking about owning your masters of your music. You see, the big mistake that we all made as artists coming up is that we believe that all these uh, entities around us, like your agents, your managers, the clubs, the, the, the distributors, the labels, they made us believe that uh, we needed them. And that they were doing us a favor by putting us on. But the reality is, without us, none of these entities exist. The power is within us. And we as artists need to take that power back. Because every time we sit back and say to ourselves, oh, well, uh, you know, the gatekeepers won't let us through. Or they, they don't know what talent is. I agree with you. They don't. But we didn't know what leadership was. Because if we were to stand together as artists uh, and know our own value, then they would have no choice but to treat us better. But it hurts me because a lot of uh, people don't see this within themselves. They don't see the power. They don't see the value within themselves. And they allow themselves to be pimped. And I promise you guys, for all my dedicated 40, understand, man, I am the spark that will start a flame of revolution. I will no longer allow no club, no agent, no manager, no festival, no TV show, no nothing to pimp me. Because without me, there is no them. And that's the same for all of you. Every single last one of you. They don't exist without you. So don't let them pimp you no more. We done getting pimped, man. It's time that we taking the streets back for ourselves. And I'm doing that with my own record label. And what I'm doing is I'm making sure that if you cut a record with Sterling Records, I'm going to give you an amazing uh, deal. And I'm going to give you the option to buy back your masters um, for exactly the price that it costs. Uh, and I'm not even trying to take your masters. I'm trying to give it to you at like a huge uh, uh, give back. Like I want you to own your stuff, right? Um, and what I'm going to do, is show you how to cut the album so that you could get maximum spins, that you could get it where 
um, you get the most out of it. And I'll even teach you how to open your own record label so that you can put your own out. Let's take this power back. I don't need your money. I don't need you guys, masters. I got mine. You know what I'm saying? And I know how valuable my stuff will be for me. And I just want y'all to see how valuable your stuff is for you. Because the moment that you guys realize the power that you have within you, the stronger we could become as a unit and the less pimping can happen. So um, to my listeners who are comedians, who are artists, the power is within you. Okay? In fact, anybody listening, the power is within you. I don't want to sound like no uh, inspirational guru, but uh, don't let your job feel like they're doing you a favor. You know what I'm saying? Because if all of you stop coming to work, the job doesn't happen. So that's why you guys have to uh, to come together and know your strengths, know your powers. Um, and yeah, man. So that was uh, my album and my record label. Uh, let's talk about all the stuff that has gone on so far. Um, I just filmed. This was a crazy month. Everything I'm going to tell you guys about right now, I've done in the last three and a half weeks. And uh, I apologize again. Uh, the reason why the podcast has been delayed was because um, not only did I record and uh, have my album and record label set up, produced, and released, right? I also went to the Winnipeg Comedy Festival and had to perform. I got the, uh, like I told you guys, I got the the, the, the the amazing opportunity of being the host of the show, uh, and I had to write a brand new set for that. Uh, so I had to write a brand new eight minutes. Um, and so that, uh, for you guys who don't know, it takes a lot out of you to write material, uh, especially brand new material, and especially when you don't have a lot of stage time. And I went out there, and I want to say thank you to uh, Dean Jenkinson. Uh, he's one of the people that are behind the scenes on the Winnipeg Comedy Festival. And that guy... Uh, you know, gave me the confidence and the boost to believe in myself because I was a little scared and a little worried. I was actually in the dress rehearsal. I was choking. Um, like I had to go on stage and um, practice my set so that they could do the volume, see my timing, know how I'm going to move. And I was so nervous that I was forgetting my jokes. Like, I was out there, and I was not doing well. I mean, like, this is the dress rehearsal, so there's nobody in the crowd except um, all of the people who are, you know, going to be videotaping and producing this show, uh, which should come out in April on um, uh, CBC. Uh, and when you guys see it, uh, uh, you'll, you'll understand all the crazy. Like, that day, I was bombing. I was scared. Uh, and he gave me an extra show so that I could work out my material uh, because I had never performed this material on stage before. So when you watch the Winnipeg Comedy Festival, that is a brand new set, never before performed in front of anybody uh, until 24 hours before that was filmed. And uh, so in the dress rehearsal, I was bombing, and he just let me know. He's like, Sterling, we brought you here because of what you can do. You know what I'm saying? And he gave me that boost and that confidence, and I came out, and I had an amazing set. I had a great set. Uh, I, I don't want to spoil any of the material for you guys. Just know that the Winnipeg Comedy Festival set is a never-before-seen-anywhere uh, uh, performance 
that was written specifically for that. So I had to write that new set. Then I had to do CBC Debaters. So if you guys who listen to CBC Radio, they have a comedy show on there called The Debaters where two comedians um, debate a, a topic using comedy. And uh, it's a fun show. It's an amazing show. And uh, so I got asked to do that. But you have to also, again, you have to write specifically for that topic, that show. So I had to write another, uh, it, it works out to about another six or to eight minutes of comedy. So again, I had to write another eight minutes of comedy without any stage time, without any opportunities to um, find out how strong what I'm doing is. And again, within the same time that I had to write for this Winnipeg Comedy Festival and release my album and open the record label. And then um, I had uh, my own private show um, and that I had to self-produce. Shout out to Uzi La and Arlo Maverick and Aphrodisiac um, Hair Salon for having what I can only describe as a vibe, just an amazing night um, of performances and the comedians crushed, the uh, musicians just killed. It was beautiful. So I had to produce that show at the same time as writing the eight minutes for the debaters, the eight minutes for CBC television and releasing an album and opening the record label. And then... um, if you think I'm done, oh no, uh, today is November 1st when the album is actually released. I have one more set. I have to write a 10-minute set for the Just for Laughs uh, comedy album. I was asked to um, be one of the comedians on Just for Laughs' newest album coming out in 2021, which is a huge honor. And um, here's the thing that went down. Uh, they messaged me and said that they would like me to be on their album and they were going to record it at the comic strip. For those of you who are new to the podcast, the comic strip in West Edmonton Ball is the place where on June 28th I was performing and the general manager came out and told me he didn't want to hear any any of my black stuff and that nobody cares about your problems and issues and that uh, all you do is bum out white people. And I was like devastated because that was the most racist shit I've ever had to deal with uh, from you know somebody in the comedy community. Uh, so when I was asked by Just For Laughs, which is a huge honor to be asked by the biggest comedy festival in the world to be on their Canadian album, um, I told them, I'm sorry, I have to decline because of the place that it's being recorded in is a place where, and then I told her the story. And, you know, I was like, I hope that you guys don't hold it against me and that you guys don't choose, that you guys don't uh, uh, choose not to work with me in the future. Uh, if this was to be recorded anywhere else, I would gladly, um, I would gladly accept this offer, but I will not do it uh, simply because of the fact that I can't uh, go back to the comic strip ever again. As a comedian, as a black person, 
just for your moral standings in general, I will never walk back on that room again. I will never sit down with that racist again. I will never deal with that again. I know my value. I know my worth. I am better than that. And I will be damned if I ever have to bend the knee to a goddamn racist ever in my life. And so I, I turned down just for laughs because I would refuse to go back there. And uh, the lady who is, we call her, a.k.a. the queen of the festival, because she's very powerful uh, in terms of who has decision-making power and runs a lot of what happens in Just for Laughs. Her name is Zoe. And uh, Zoe um, called me, and uh, she was like, what's going on? You know, why aren't you? What's, tell me what happened. Uh, and I told her the story, and I told her I would provide the receipts because... Um, I'm not a man that's like uh, on social media talking a lot about, you know, what I went through and what I've done. So if you don't listen to this podcast or you don't know me personally, um, odds are that you did not know about what I went through at the comic strip. Um, And so I broke down the story for her, told everything, said I'll provide the receipts because, you know, amazing. I love you guys. Celeste Lampa, Scott Belford. Y'all have been my saving grace because um, you guys have stood 10 toes deep. Celeste hasn't gone back to the club. Scott Belford hasn't gone back to the club. And they've been open, uh, openly vouching and telling everybody the story of what happened um, and and, and, uh, standing up for me, which I love you guys for that. So I told them that I would get them to uh, tell them the story themselves. I I have the video um, from my performances to show that I wasn't bombing because uh, the the general manager was going around telling everybody that that I'm bombing, and that's I the reason why he told me what he told me was because I was bombing all week, and um, and that uh, um. My set was terrible and that nobody laughed and it was garbage. Um, So um, I wanted to let her know that, look, I could provide all these receipts. And when she's calling me, we're now in the last week of October. This happened in June. And I was like, there's no conversation to be had with me um, and them at the club because this happened in June. Everybody in Edmonton uh, knows what happened um, and nothing's been done about it. So for you to bring this case up now and have them try to give me that fake ass apology, it's not going to happen. I ain't standing for it. So I said, fuck it. You know what I'm saying? I don't even care that they want to apologize at this point because at this point you've been racist. You didn't give a fuck. Nobody said nothing. Nobody made any changes. So don't act like you care. You're only going to pretend like you care so that you can keep your business. And she said, okay, I'll call you back. Um, and she called me back. Uh, and I'm, people, I, I, wouldn't, I could not believe what happened. She called me back to let me know that she not only moved the show from the comic strip, but they also fired... Uh, the bookers and stuff like that who work for the comic strip fired them from booking with just for laughs. Like she came in with the holy sword of fire and brimstone and brought down the house. Like everybody, 
they must hate me right now at the comic strip because they're not allowed to do um, Just for Laugh showcases anymore. And their management team can't book for the Just for Laughs festival anymore. And she moved it to Yuck Yucks, which is the club da, 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 that I'm signed with now. And guess who's back on the showcase? Sterling Scott, people. So, um, you know what I'm saying? I... Um, like, justice has prevailed in some kind of small way. This is a little victory for me, but it's a victory. Like, thank you, um, Just for Laughs. I, I don't believe, I, I'm shocked. I'm, I don't even have the words for it that you guys, like, literally came for and fought for the little guy. And I'm not going to lie, I didn't think this would ever happen. I, Just for Laughs is a huge entity. And a lot of us feel, as comedians, that the festival kind of neglects Canadian comics. Um and yet here it is where my own comedian community did not stand with me but this giant festival came in and just brought fire and brimstone for me and you know that felt good because i'm not going to lie it did hurt watching all these comedians who don't give a fuck you know that i was no longer allowed to be in this club due to racism and, you know, they're all white comics and that they'll just go right back because, you know, they can turn their head and go right back in there. And that shit kills me, man. I'm not going to lie. It did hurt really bad because um, I can't say nothing to the headliners because I understand your position. If you are a comedian and the only source of income you have is comedy and you're headlining, yo, I'm not asking none of those people to give up their dates because... We don't know the next time we're going to eat. I understand that position. But here's what really hurt. 99% of the comedians that are still performing there do not make a living off of comedy. All right? So them going there and performing, they're turning their backs on me for stage time. Like, y'all motherfuckers wouldn't even give up five minutes of stage time to stand with your fellow comedian against racism? Really? Really? Y'all just was like, fuck it, man. You know, uh, he's racist and he's a piece of shit, but he's only doing it to black people, so I don't care. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's really what went down. And honestly, it really hurt me uh, every single day to watch comedians continue to go there, especially you know what I'm saying? Like, you young comics, you really don't need to even go there. Um, and I'm not even asking anybody, like, was to boycott. Just to, like, stand up and be like, yo, this is wrong. This needs to change. You know what I'm saying? Nobody brought that fight. Yeah, everybody want to act like I'm not racist. I care about black people and, you know, this is shit. But then when shit hits the fan, y'all wouldn't even give up stage time for me. So, yeah. It does hurt and it does make me look at a lot of you white comics when you talk about like equality and that's all you care about. Be like, yo, shut the fuck up, man. Because y'all ain't really about that life. You're only about that life paying lip service. You ain't about that life when it's like, can you get down? Because I'm black. You're white. I dealt with racism. You don't have to. You don't go back. Now, if the roles were reversed... And let's say it was a gay comic and somebody called that gay comic a faggot. Guess what? We fucking ended in that club. I'm not going back in that place. Right? 
So why is it that I could stand the fight with somebody who is not the same as me or who doesn't have to go through the shit or I don't have to go through the shit that they go through, but when the roles are reversed and you guys have to stand with somebody, y'all don't do it. You know what I'm saying? You know how many white people I've met here in Edmonton who are like, what can I do? Man, all y'all had to do was just be honest. I wasn't asking nobody to lie. You had your opportunity to actually take the fight to the comic strip. And all of y'all bitched out, man. All of y'all. And it hurts. But like I said, man, I'll forgive you guys. Because uh, as you grow, you will learn and you will see. But uh, Edmonton comedy community, you guys let me down. Um, but I do love you, Scott Belford and Celeste Lampa, for being the only two people to not only vouch and stand up for me, but also refuse to go back to the club regardless of uh, what opportunities they could have gotten while turning their back on me. They didn't. So I love you guys for that. And thank you. Um, but yeah, I'm super excited about that. So in three and a half weeks, I have written um, 18, 24, 24 brand new minutes of comedy, uh, opened a record label, release, performed and released a comedy album, and, um, and, uh, and I'm going to feature on a, no, I already said that part. What was the other shit I did? I don't know, man. But having to write three brand new sets. And let me explain to you guys how crazy this is. When Louis C.K. was doing one hour of comedy a year, people were saying that's insane. Right? I did 24 new minutes in three and a half weeks with zero stage time and just having to just sit there and just write. You know what I'm saying? That's insanely difficult. And not only did I pull that off, but I pulled off opening a record label, submitting for a judo, and releasing a brand new album. And I got to be honest, man, I, I, I typically make jokes and act like I'm lazy, but, yo, my hustle is undeniable, man. My hustle is undeniable. But, yo, let me tell you guys some fun shit, too, man. So, at the Winnipeg Comedy Festival, you're allowed to choose your outfits. And um, I was just like, yo, I want to do something different. You know what I'm saying? I lost a lot of weight. I feel I feel body confident. You know, I feel a little sexy. You know what I'm talking about when you feel yourself? You ever just be looking in the mirror at yourself? Be like, God damn it, I'm sexy. I'd fuck me. You know what I mean? Rub a nipple. You know what I'm saying? Lick your lips. Don't get too carried away. But you do it. But you do it. You're probably giggling right now. You never been in the shower rubbing your own body down? Like, God damn it, somebody would be so lucky to get the soap from my calf muscles because I'm so fucking sexy. Well, that's how I felt at the Winnipeg Comedy Festival. And so I had a custom-made black suit. Uh, now, they said you're not allowed to wear solid black because if you wear solid black, uh, it could uh, blend in with the background. It's too difficult to see you. And so they discourage it and do not want you to do it. But I said, fuck it. I'm bringing it anyways. And I did. Let's not get gangster. I did bring two other options just in case I got rejected. But I wanted to take it another step fur further because this was a beautiful suit, people. This was a beautiful custom-made suit made by Suits by Curtis Elliott. And uh, I wanted to 
take it up a notch. You know what I'm saying? As Arlo Maverick would say, uh, maybe another notch. Is it warm enough? Maybe another notch. And my next notch was this. I decided to go topless. I just, <laughs> I had no shirt. I took off the dress shirt, put on the suit jacket and uh, my dress pants and went out on stage. And uh, when I went to the dress rehearsal, God bless these two lovely ladies because I went to the dress rehearsal and the producers weren't there yet. And I walk in the room with my no shirt on with the suit jacket and they look up at me and they go, I love everything about you. Please tell me you're not joking, though. (laughs) And I was like, no, I'm dead serious. I want to wear this. And they're like, good. Okay. Do you have other options for your... um, for to change into and i said yes i did bring two other options they say they said they looked at me they go go and hide it and tell them that you have no other options and i was like what they go yeah because they will tell you to not wear this because it's a full black outfit um like i had on (laughs) this black jacket black pants black shoes and a gold chain with a medallion hanging in the middle of my chest i look like a 70s pimp i loved it and they were like we want this so hide your clothes and so we went and hid my other two options and walked into the uh room for the producers to see me and the producers were like uh do you have any other options and i was like nope and they're like well then i guess this is what we're doing (laughs) and uh i went out and i'm pretty confident i can say this i am the first comedian in canadian history to perform with no shirt on on national television. That's right, people. Your boy is making waves. <laughs> so, yo, when it comes out in April or whenever it comes out, it should come in in March, April, around those times on CBC television, the Winnipeg Comedy Festival. Um, I'll, of course, to my dedicated 40, be uh, keeping you guys on the updates. Who knows? There, probably, there might be more um loyal followers by then with this new album and this new wave uh but yo when it comes out just know that that's what happened and that's how it went down yo i'm done asking for permission i'm starting to do shit whatever i feel like fuck it let them get mad at me i'm a bill murray this bitch oh what that means though if you say to bill murray this bitch bill murray was one of the few people to ever when they're doing movies he would come out and improvise lines and you're not supposed to do that as an actor. You're supposed to stick to the script. And he was like, fuck that. I'm not going to. And I would do, and he would just do whatever he want and ends up always doing a funnier uh, and better performance than what was written. And so that's what I mean when I say I'm a Bill Murray this shit because I'm done playing in the lines. I've seen what happens when you play in the lines in Canadian entertainment. You end up just being a person in your garage like I used to. Well, I'm not going to be an I used to type motherfucker. I'm going to be the one I did it. And uh, I'm not going to do it the way that they've been saying because, first of all, these people uh, in charge that are gatekeepers are not talented people. They're not comedians. They're not artists. So how dare they be the ones uh, to try to tell us what is art when you can't produce it? And so... um, That's why I'm like, well, I'm going to step out of that range. I know I crush in front of crowds. I know I murder with the people. So then why do I care about what these guys have to say? I'm going to connect with my people. And just like my dedicated 40 who listens to this podcast, uh, how I connect with you and y'all mess with me. 
that's what I've been doing ever since with uh, my fans and crowds uh, that see me in person. I'm fucking connecting with you. I'm building my platform through you guys. And so that's why you guys mean so much to me because I'm not famous right now. I didn't get nominated or win a Juno yet. You know what I'm saying? Like, you guys are following me because you fuck with me. Like, you've been to a comedy show. You've you've talked to me. Some of you are my friends, which makes me so happy because, you know, most of the time when you have your friends, they're not really your fans. But I got people who are legit friends who listen to this podcast, and I love you for that. Um, but, yeah, we're going to uh, become stars on our own account. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to be king of this shit. And I'm going to be king because I'm not asking you for the throne. I'm going to take it. And anybody that has any issues with me claiming that I'm the king, well, then show me who your king is because I'm taking his head. That's how it's going down. You know what I'm saying? And uh, I'm going to let y'all know how things went at the JFL recording. Um, oh, shit. I want to say shout out to Jerry Jin. Jerry Jin was the photographer for my uh, album. I really appreciate the fuck out of that, bro. That shit was dope. That was an amazing album cover. Um, we recreated a Canadian version of the Chris Rock movie uh, DVD album cover, um, Head of State. Uh, if you look at the Head of State uh, DVD cover and you look at my album cover, they look almost exactly the same. Um, and that was an homage to Chris Rock. Chris Rock... Um, was one of my biggest influences in comedy um like had the most impact on me when you hear the tone in my voice the way i speak um in, in the beginnings of my career the way i moved and you know how i how i attacked a stage um that was chris rock and uh a lot of people have seen me perform and have said that and you know as i grow as a comedian i hope to eventually just have my own voice but um uh yeah uh until then uh some of my greatest teachers you know eddie murphy richard pryor chris rock dave Chappelle, bill burr the list goes on there's so many more doug stanhope uh man kyle Kinane. there's a lot i'm not even gonna get into all of them uh but the point is that uh, that was an homage to him and uh i'm really excited about that uh that album and uh i will say since Sterling Records has been uh, officially uh, announced for comedians, and I'm talking four really good comedians, have messaged me privately saying that they would like to cut albums with me. And I am fucking excited, yo. Could y'all imagine that? 2021 Sterling Records is going to have five artists signed to his label and putting out work. Yo, man, we doing this. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, this is what I'm talking about. I'm saying, like, I'm just one person. This is just my spark. And look at the fucking heat I'm creating. Imagine if all of us thought like this. Imagine if all of us moved like this. What kind of fire we'd bring. And that's why all these entities want to suppress how you feel about yourself. Because the moment that you realize how powerful you are, they can't treat you like shit no more. They realize that they got to bend the knee to us. Uh, man, I just wish you guys would know how strong you are. You know what I'm saying? If you listen to this podcast and you make an independent produced show or you 
are self-promoting or you travel and you book your own shit, you know what I'm talking about. You put that work in. You know what I'm saying? And I'm proud of you for doing that. Anyways, people, I've got a lot of work to do. Um, so I'm going to let you go early. Uh, this podcast should be coming out on Thursday, uh, which should be November 5th, which should be the day that I'm actually uh, performing at Just for Laughs. Well, not at Just for Laughs, performing in Calgary for the Just for Laughs album. Um, and uh, yeah, uh, I'll let you guys know how the show went. Uh, the debaters went great, by the way. Uh, the debaters, Brittany Lysing. Oh my God, I love her. She's so much fun. Uh, phenomenal comedian from Calgary. Check her out. Uh, she's a young comic on the come up, and she's, you know what I mean? She's starting to punch like a heavyweight. So I love watching her perform, and I love drinking with her. Um, so look, look out for her. That's who I went against with the debaters. So the debaters went great. The Winnipeg Comedy Festival went great. I'm super proud of this album. The record label is up and running. And when I come off the podcast with y'all, I'm going to get back to work uh, writing this new set uh, for Thursday. <laughs> I'll let you guys know how it go, man. But right now, I'm, I'm, I'm batting a thousand right now. So um, I'm, I'm confident that I'm going to make it through all this. But for my dedicated 40, I thank you guys for staying with me, for keep fucking with me. We're going to be releasing the podcast on a regular basis on Thursdays. Now, Thursdays are now the days that we're going for. Okay? Uh, the first, the, the last one y'all just got the other day ago, it came out like a Friday. I think, yeah, Friday instead of the Thursday. But like I said, I apologize because of all this shit that I've been doing and dealing with, I've been falling on the wayside with the podcast. Because when I do the podcast, I'm not just, just, just doing it. I got to... You know what I'm saying? I feel like I'm talking to you guys directly. I feel like when I do this podcast, like me and you is having a conversation. And y'all know when fuck social media, y'all know how I'm doing directly. You know what I'm saying? And so if I'm not in the mood to talk, I won't do the podcast. If I'm not in the mood to, to fucking, like I'm not going to force it. I want to talk to you guys. And I feel it right now. I felt it. The time right now is 4.30 in the morning. <laughs> 4.30 in the morning, I'm smoking a joint naked on the couch. And I'm loving it. So, um, uh, thank y'all so much for fucking with me. This has been another episode of the Comedy Reject Podcast. Find the power within yourselves, people. I'm out of here. Uh.